Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Welcome back to Dear Writer. Today we are on to episode number 30, and we have another author spotlight episode where we talk to other authors about their journey and um, how they've found their writing experience. And today we have Patrick D. Kaiser on the show. Welcome, Patrick. Hi, Patrick. Hi, how are you guys? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. So Patrick writes poetry and verse novels, which are novels told through poetry. He particularly likes to write verse thrillers, which sound pretty exciting. So he has three poetry collections, a trilogy of verse novels, and the first book of a new series called The Deathbringer Chronicles, out at the moment, uh, which is available on Amazon. And the sequel in the series is being released the day after this episode comes available, so on June 1st. So if you're listening to us today, Today, be sure to check it out. Patrick is also a passionate autism advocate who writes to spread positivity through his poems and stories. It's really great to have you, Patrick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's great to be here and I can't wait to dive in and talk about this stuff. Yeah, we're so excited about it. I think in saying that, we'll get straight into the questions. So we like to start off by asking you a little bit of how you got started writing. I've pretty much always love the English language and I've kind of just always had a knack for writing and when I was in middle school I learned about Christopher Paulini who writes the Aragon books and uh, Aragon Eldest all that stuff and he I learned that he wrote that when he was like 14 and it was like wow you can make a you can write books when you're 14 and I was like okay and then I learned you can make money at it and it's like okay this is what I want to do. amazing like Like i've made this decision is happening (laughs) exactly it's pretty simple did you immediately start writing poetry at that point or did you kind of want to not emulate but you know like do what um oh my gosh his name's escaped me it is the morning i always do this at the start of paulini thank you (laughs) so like i never knew much about poetry outside of what i learned in school and like what we studied in English class and all that stuff, or like reading Dr. Seuss books or whatever. But I'm a self-taught poet. And so like, I basically learned from emulating like music and songs. Oh, yeah. I'd kind of just internalize the rhythm and rhyming schemes and different things like that. And then, but yeah, I was uh, very into prose at first. So like paragraph and sentence structure and just regular writing. And then when I was in high school, I started writing poetry and I was kind of struggling with depression then and everything. And Mm -hmm. uh, I wrote dark stuff and I wrote dark poems. And even though they were dark, everybody really supported me. And they were like, this stuff's really good. Like you have a knack for poetry, even more so than like prose and regular writing. And they were like, you should think about starting to focus on this more. And then later in life, after years of trying prose, I just kind of was like, okay, this is fun and all, but I want to do something different. (laughs) So I just decided to do verse novels. It's a really cool idea. I haven't read really any verse novels, but I think it would be just a really different form. And it would be quite nice in terms of sort of just taking a novel in like small chunks as well, rather than, you know, Mm -hmm. reading several chapters before bed or something you could just pick a few poems or something to go through yeah most 
So like, I didn't even know verse novels was a thing when I first started or when I first like actually contemplated the idea. So I actually started to look into it and it was like, okay, there's actually plenty of verse novelists out there and they are fairly successful, like Ellen Hopkins and a couple of others. And now the big one coming up is Kwame Alexander, who I'm a really big fan of. But um, like Ellen Hopkins and them, they just kind of, I, I looked into a couple of their books and it was like, okay, this is kind of what I want to do, but this isn't really what I'm looking for. Because a lot of their books are heavy, gritty, and dark. And right. I deal with a lot of real world stuff. And it's like sexual abuse, drug abuse, all those kind of things. And I was just like, you know, if I want to read about this stuff, I'll read the news when I personally read, I yeah. want to escape. Yeah, fair mm-hmm. enough. So it's like, why is no one doing anything like Harry Potter-esque or Percy Jackson or Hunger Games in this style? And then I looked into that even further and it was like all over the internet and everywhere I looked, it was like, you can't do that with verse. You can only touch on these deep subjects and that's the best way to use verse. Lies. You can't do it otherwise. You can't do fantastical stories. And I was just like, watch me. <laughs> like, I will make <laughs> yeah. this work. I'm going to try it. So I tried for a couple of years and I was never very comfortable with my work. So I just eventually kind of was like, okay, I'm going to, I looked into self-publishing and it was like, okay, this looks like the best way to go to kind of test the waters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to slap together my individual poems that I've written into like poetry collections and then throw those up and see how they do. Yeah. And they yeah. did fairly well. And then oh, I was cool. like, okay, now I'll try to do my actual verse novels. So it was kind of just that kind of situation yeah. you know it's like you try something new and it just kind of works so yeah it's really interesting that your verse novels are more obviously not harry potter but like that style of book because i've only ever read one verse novel before and it was very very heavy yeah and quite a lot i don't even think i finished it because i was it's a lot of imagery that comes through in them and it's quite a lot for me as a reader anyways to process as well or like coupled with the really heavy topic so i quite like the idea of having more like really cool stories that are told through verse Yeah, I I try to make my poetry and my writing really easy to digest. And so it's not like super over the top poetry where like you Mm -hmm. learned in high school and you have to be like, oh, what is the meaning of this line? And what does this (laughs) thing have a deeper meaning for? It's like, no, it's pretty straightforward. It just kind of has a rhythm, a cadence and a rhyme. And there is some like, this is like this or this akin to this kind of thing. There's that comparison, but I make it more streamlined and I do deal with heavier subjects. Like, I mean, they're thrillers. So, I mean, there's murder, there's death, there's certain struggles that the characters have to go through. But I mean, I try to make it fun to where you're like, okay, I can't put this down. I want, I want to keep going. And it's just that kind of thing. So for sure. So is writing what you do or do you have a job as well? Or how do you manage sort of the work home life balance? Currently writing is my job. That's awesome. Exciting. I live <laughs> off disability because of my autism and stuff. And I'm trying to work to get to the point where I can eventually say bye-bye disability and I can actually make my living fully from my books. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much my home life. So I pretty much have all the time in the world to write and do what I want. So That is so nice. <laughs> so envious of you. <laughs> dream. The dream. <laughs> it's a positive and a negative. So I, I have to be very frugal with my money. So. <laughs> Yeah, I've just gone back to full-time work after a, a quite a long period off and I am just like exhausted. And now I'm like, oh, how am I going to fit the writing in, falling asleep at like 8.30 on the sofa? And I'm like, yep. oh. 
<laughs> gone are the days of writing but you know yeah. like obviously I'm still trying <laughs> yeah. But yeah I try to write probably one chapter a day that's good also going. the dream <laughs> yeah, I mean they're not that hard for me because and the funny thing is is like when people have read my first novels especially like they're like how in the heck did you write this like how did this even work like how did you make this happen and I'm just like I don't know it just kind of flows from my fingers like I, I don't really have to do much editing or anything I edit grammatically but other than that I don't really edit the stories too much I just come out right right away with it and then I'm like okay this works and then I just put it up <laughs> so, kind of... so I take it from that description that you're more of a pantser than a plotter for the most part, yeah. I um, I usually have the big key scenes planned away in my brain. So it's like driving a car across the country. It's like, I know where I'm going to stop to kind of rest. Yeah. And I know those big spots I want to visit. But then like, I just kind of let the GPS guide me through <laughs> the yeah. in-betweens. So. That's a very good analogy. I did want to touch on before you were talking about how the I guess verse just sort of flows onto the page. I I did want to ask you about the process of writing a novel in verse. How does that work? <laughs> so that was kind of the funny thing about like when I first started writing poetry, because I just, like I said, I'm, I'm self-taught. I internalize mm-hmm. basically music structure. Okay. And then I turn that into poetry and like, people are always like, how do you do this? And it like takes me maybe for like a regular, just standalone poem I can knock that out in 20 minutes, like without oh, wow. stopping, just yeah. boom, 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 done. And it's just like, so for verse novels, like the chapters, as long as I have the general idea of where I'm going, it's like, it kind of happens within an hour. Right. And it's just like, I don't know. It just kind of flows out of me. It's like, <laughs> it's a really weird, like supernatural kind of gift thing. It's just like, I don't know why or how I do it. I just kind of do it. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> like I, I get freaked out by it a lot too. <laughs> You read it back, you're like, oh my gosh, that came from me. Exactly. Yeah, pretty much. How in the world? We tried a freefall writing experiment um, not too long ago. And I think it sounds like you write kind of in that style of sort of just letting, letting it flow, like from just straight through your pen or into your fingers to the keyboard, whatever. <laughs> um, like onto the document slash page. <laughs> I mean, I kind of, you asked if I was a pantser versus a, uh, a planter. Yeah. Like I said, I have the general ideas for most of the big scenes, but for the most part, I like to let the characters just kind of guide themselves. I mean, if they do something that I absolutely know they wouldn't do, then sure, I'll backspace and be like, oh, that doesn't fit. But yeah. I mean, for the most part, I just let them kind of live their lives and it, like, just, yeah. it works. So I, I love that freedom and that way it comes out with the, with the final product. It's like these feel like people that yeah. are just living their lives on the page. For sure. We definitely understand that. Definitely. Our characters. <laughs> I have another random question. This might seem like just because I'm oblivious about verse novels. When you write... <laughs> When you write your verse novels, is each chapter like a different style or do you try and keep it all consistent? Because the one I read was like all consistent for the whole book. I was just wondering if it differs or like what you do for yours. So for the Crimson Minds trilogy, which is my full trilogy that's out, I did like little tiny basically vignettes, like a couple pages each. And they all rhyme and they're all basically the same style. 
And then for the first two books of this current series, I'm doing the same thing, but I do plan on changing it up in book three and four and like doing kind of one chapter because I'm going to split a perspective in the next two. Excellent idea. And I plan to have one character be the rhyme and then the other character like be more free verse. So it doesn't rhyme, but it still has that kind of cadence and flow. And then for another new book that I have planned, which is basically, I guess it's kind of Hunger Games meets Firefly or Cowboy Bebop. Oh, cool. But like it deals with Robin Hood lore. It, it sounds weird, but it's going to make sense. But I'm planning on making that fully free verse. So I'm going to try different stuff, but it's just, I'm trying to ease myself in. Fair enough. Sounds <laughs> wise. Enough. Sounds wise. I can see trying a whole bunch of new styles and things getting overwhelming very quickly when you're putting it into a novel form. I think by the sounds of it, like even what you were saying before about like when you started and just testing out like a few poems and then trying the verse novels later like you have a very logical sort of process where you move forward of like okay so let's try like this little piece and now let's sort of ramp it up a bit try this and it seems like a really smart way to improve your skills so I quite admire that yeah I'm very logical in the way I think like it's kind of annoying to my family and friends sometimes they're (laughs) like why are you this way I just go with it logic is great i like people who are very logical and analytical it's like okay we've got steps things make sense it's clear we've got like this step and this step and this step perfect (laughs) everyone knows where we're going (laughs) yeah it comes it comes as a detriment though because like people that aren't very logical like every time they say something i'm just like (laughs) how did you get there (laughs) how did you get here from there that doesn't even make sense See, I confuse people like that, but it's because I've already done the steps in my head and I'm like, oh, sorry, I didn't take you on my thought train. I did this, 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 this. And then I got to that. (laughs) It's like, oh, sorry, I left you at the platform. Yeah. Take a car. (laughs) So um, you sort of talked about a few verse novelists who you've read before, but what sort of writers have inspired you in your journey so far? When I was younger, I really liked... The ones that were popular at the time, you know, like J.K. Rowling and Rick Riordan and Suzanne Collins and all those ones. And even though I didn't necessarily like, I, I did not like The Hunger Games, like the way it was written. I haven't even read it. I think the story's great, but it's like, I can't even get into it. It's just like, I just, Katniss <laughs> is such a boring character to me when she's, when she's talking to the page. I didn't really <laughs> like her, but I liked the, I liked the story, but I didn't like her. <laughs> So I understand. But uh, I had to study, like, I was like, study, study, study. And I study the ones that are successful because obviously they've done something right. Mm -hmm. And so they're the ones I learned a lot from. And then nowadays I read a lot of nonfiction. So like I read books on marketing or philosophy or that kind of stuff. Like that's kind of what gets me (laughs) right now. Fair enough. Well, I think philosophy would certainly sort of help in adding into poetry and stuff you could get quite a lot out of that for sure marketing obviously every every writer should know how to market whether they be traditionally or self-published I think yeah it's a struggle to learn how to market it's like (laughs) I'm not good I do not have a marketing brain and it has been a struggle yeah I think a lot of people can relate to that (laughs) for sure That links quite well into our question about your publishing journey and how you found that experience. You said that you self-published your 
poetry collection. How was that just generally? (laughs) So I self-published two, a pair of poetry collections. Like they basically go together. Those were my first two books and I did that. And for the most part, my family and my friends were the ones that bought copies and like people shared it online and got a decent batch of sales the first few months. But I'd already been studying self-publishing for so long. And that's another thing I do is I study a lot. Like no matter what I'm going to do, I study it. Like I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to make certain mistakes. Like I do not want to have to redo this. Yeah. Well, and you only kind of get one chance to put them out there properly, right? The first time. So you want to get it right. Yeah. But I did that. And then a little bit before I did my verse trilogy, I combined those two poetry books okay. into a, a separate one. And I also added a bunch of other new poems. And so that makes it three that I have available. And then I did my Crimson Minds trilogy, which was the ones I really wanted to do because I love the telling of stories. Mm-hmm. I love poetry, but like I just, there's something about writing a full story like that yeah. long. It's just, it feels so good. And I wanted people to read it. It was decent at the start, but it struggled since then. And that's the problem I've run into is I think people are scared of like trying to go for like verse novels because mm. like it's something that not many people know about i mean there's a whole section of people who love verse novels and they will buy them non-stop but that's a very niche market and it's like i'm trying to reach a more broader audience and get them into it mm-hmm. so it's kind of hard in that way but uh yeah like you said about uh the first chance you only have one chance to get it right the first time so like for my crimson minds trilogy i actually just got new covers made so those will be going up in a couple of weeks. Oh, so, exciting. I, feel like, I feel like those are going to be a lot better and they're going to help like kick it yeah. in the high gear. So Cover can certainly make all the difference, you know, like in attracting the right type of readers to your books, right? Yeah. So speaking of your books, tell us a little bit about your books. So my Crimson Minds trilogy, it starts out with basically a murder mystery wrapped up in a psychic gang war in Chicago. Okay. It sounds so interesting. It's kind of a detective story with a bunch of action, but like it deals with like psychic powers. So like there's people with telekinesis or telepathy, or there's a couple of people that can actually invade your mind and basically take over your body. And I call them puppeteers. That's cool. So it's it's a very heavy, it's kind of action-packed and heavy in a certain way because like it deals with a lot of scary things like if this was to happen to you you'd be like oh my gosh I do not like this <laughs> this is a bad time for me yeah but it's action-packed and it basically starts with this isn't too much of a spoiler it's right in the first couple chapters which are very short <laughs> but um the hero basically he used to have a position among the gangs of Chicago and he was very high up there and he basically got out of the game and later a couple months later his father and sister were murdered and then he goes to visit their graves at the start of this book and turns out dad's grave is empty oh so what's going on there and is he alive uh is somebody just pulling a really not funny prank like what's <laughs> going on and so he the hero gets thrown back into the gang world and like has to start figuring things out and turns out another mind which is what i call the psychics in this world they're trying to basically uproot the entire system and say hey i'm the new big guy on the block and you're gonna do what i say and so it's like their old gangs are kind of 
struggling with this new person and the hero's struggling with this new person because it has something to do with his dad and his sister. Mm -hmm. And it's like all that kind of stuff. And then book two basically goes on and it deals with the aftermath of book one and so on and so forth. I don't want to get too much into spoilers. Fair enough. You want people to read them. For sure. But it's all told in verse and very fast paced. Like you think a thriller, a regular written thriller is fast paced. Like try to do it in like verse. (laughs) I'm trying. I imagine you'd have to be very concise. Just rhyming and just boom, 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 boom. It it speeds by. Like I've had people tell me they finished it in under 12 hours. That's a lot so. of that's quite nice. And... That's a lot of poetry though as well. <laughs> trying to yeah. imagine myself writing enough poetry for someone to read for 12 hours. Oh my goodness. You're a champion. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But um, yeah, there, there's that. That's the Crimson Minds trilogy. And then the new one, the Deathburn Chronicles, the first book is called Frost and it deals with, I guess- what I usually pitch it as is Harry Potter meets law and order. So basically Jack Frost is the most wanted and most notorious criminal in the magical world. And she has a protege who has a magic that was thought to be dead and extinct. And basically the protege gets caught up and framed for murder, magical murder. And so he's having to be on the run and prove his innocence and everything. He's on the run from the magical law enforcement group and death, is involved and he's basically been weakened for millennia and he's trying to regain his full strength and things like that and so it's very magical world building focused but it's like there's a lot of twists and turns and like i said jack frost is the most notorious criminal and it's like what i've heard from my readers it's like they're like she's a really badass lady (laughs) like you don't mess with jack frost i love it with the name of jack frost you'd expect her to be (laughs) yeah (laughs) so so there's that and uh book two is titled sight and to not get into too many spoilers but the protege the hero of the story he has a magic of the eyes and he's called a seer and basically he can he's pretty much op and can do anything he wants <laughs> it's like he can hypnotize you he can make you feel pain he can basically has godlike reflexes and things like that and it's all d- due to his eyes and so sight kind of deals with what happens if he loses that ability is he still capable of doing what needs to be done without his full power i really love the sound of these novels in verse because i see exactly what you're saying now because the one i read was like a i think it was about a girl who wanted to paint and she lived in like i don't know somewhere and it was just like this (laughs) you know one of those kind of stories but i see what you mean now by yours uh yeah they're in verse but they're about like thrillers and magic and sounds really interesting i think you could have just so much fun with them you know and it would really challenge you to write them really concisely because you know you've got obviously you can make it as long as you want but at the same time you've still got to condense them into those verses right so it would be you know like as you were saying with it being read through quite quickly it would be quite challenging i think to to write them in such a concise manner so i think that's really cool yeah one of the issues that i've had with it and the biggest critique that i get from almost everybody who reviews it is that the verse makes it like go really fast and quick and be fun and rhythmic and like you can't just like you can't put it down which is a good thing i guess (laughs) yeah but on the downside due to the fact that it is poetry and verse and you gotta condense so much you don't get as much character backstory or depth Mm -hmm. as you would in regular novels So basically the way I try to pitch it is my books are good little appetizers in between the big main dishes. Right. 
So like if you're if you read something huge like a Cassandra Clare book and then you want something just quick, easy, fun to digest, just kind of to cleanse your palate, you read one of my books and then the next day you're on to the next big book. Yeah. So it's that kind of thing. Totally understand that after reading my last Stephen King book, I like look at, <laughs> look at books and I'm like, yeah, that was a challenge. Speaking of character development, I was just wondering how you go about doing that sort of development or putting in backstory in verse would you have it as like a separate little poem or does it form like a larger part of one of your poems like just curious so I try to tell my novels in verse like a regular novel yeah so like I don't try to like separate it out kind of like a lot of verse novelists do where they go this is the backstory this is the character's emotion this is the action they're all separate I try to just tell it as one big weaving narrative that's kind of just told through Got poetry. It. Got it. So, which is the thing that like people get so weirded out by. It's like, how do you make this work? Like, I don't get this. No one else does this. How do you do this? And I'm just like, I don't know. I really like the sound of that. Because the one I read was also all separated and it was a bit, it's a bit jumpy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. In the other way, you kind of jump between, you're like, oh, okay, the beginning. Oh, now we're over here. Oh, nope, no, now we're going back here. So I like the idea. <laughs> For me, not having read a single verse novel, it would make sense to me to do it the way that you're doing it and the style yeah. that you're doing it. I'm like, what are these other people doing? <laughs> no, exactly, no offense yeah. to any other verse novelists out there. <laughs> I just have yeah. like no background with this, but that's how like I would expect, you know, if I was picking up, oh, a verse novel, I'd be like, expect it to follow like an arc. So I think that again, makes sense. Logical. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because like like I said, I'm a fan of Kwame Alexander, who is the new big kid on the block. Like he's got to deal with Disney for like his first novels. That's how big this guy's getting. And it's weird because like he does his first novels. They're basically about teenage boys and things and they do like sports and things like that. But like they're separated into each individual poem and like each individual poem is like a different style of poetry. So like he'll have a rap section and a a, like a haiku and a a regular poem over here or just a couple of stanzas or whatever. And he does it all. He mixes it all up like that and it keeps it fresh. But it's like kind of weird sometimes because like i'll be you'll be in the action of a basketball game with the kid and then suddenly it's like you go into his head and you're just like oh this is what i'm thinking i'm thinking about this girl and is she watching me and all this stuff it's like kind of breaks that breaks you out of the action it's just like "Ah, (laughs) (laughs) whereas i try to like keep it all condensed and kind of fitting together as much as yeah yeah so i guess the only other question that we haven't covered yet is what sort of resources have you used to improve your writing? You said you did a lot of study, right? Yeah. So for the longest time, like I was obsessed. Like I don't, I really get annoyed and it's a pet peeve of mine when like people like on YouTube try to like sell you a course to learn yeah. stuff. And it's like, you haven't even published a book yet. Like, why would I pay you for this? So like I go to the the authors that are actually published and successful and they give you this information for free. I go to, I watched a bunch of Brandon Sanderson lectures on uh, YouTube. And then I also watched a lot of Jim Butcher interviews and other things like that. Like just these, these really big names, established authors who like just put their stuff up on YouTube for free. Don't pay people to teach you how to write when they don't even have a book to their name. (laughs) 
yeah. just go to these established authors and learn from them because they give a lot of good advice. I learned a lot about story structure and the publishing industry from Brandon Sanderson's lectures. And then I learned a lot of little nuggets and tidbits from Jim Butcher that just kind of go in my brain and I keep them with me. And it's just like, I always try to incorporate those kind of things in my books. So those are my big things. And then I've read a couple of books here and there on writing or like I said, marketing and all that stuff. And I mean, that's a lot of what I do. And then I just read a lot (laughs) and study a lot. So like, it's just, if you don't study, you're never going to get good Mm -hmm. at something. And if you don't practice, you're never going to get good at something. Yeah, You got to internalize and devour as much as you can from external Mm -hmm. sources to then apply it to your own stuff. Yeah, I think that's key, you know, having a balance between like you've got to do the study and then you've got to put it into practice. Like you can't just do one or the other or you can, but then you're going to be very like slow right, (laughs) in your learning if you like only study and then do a tiny bit of writing or if you do like lots of writing and then no study, it's going to be a long path. Exactly. It's exactly the same thing that I find because I'm a researcher in um, a chemistry lab. So I find the same thing. You have to do so much, you know, background reading and like learn the topic really well before you can even start to try and apply it in the lab. So it's very similar. I think it's definitely important to research. Yeah. And that's kind of why I get annoyed with like all these uh, people like that get like published or like even self-published and then they just like skyrocket through the ranks. And then you, you hear from them in like an interview and they're just like, this is my first book ever. It came to me in a dream and all this stuff. And it's just like, how did you get like this far, this fast? And yet you didn't do a lick of study. <laughs> it's just like, so my funny. God. So, it's like, how dare I don't know. You? I, don't, I don't, I don't try to be jealous or envious, but it's just like, it's kind of annoying. It's just like, no, I, I understand. put years into this and like, you just go. <laughs> this is you know this is still a certain amount of luck I think in the industry and being noticed at the right time by the right people and then having the right people share it and you know like to rocket you to the top of the rankings and that's where I guess a bit of the lottery and traditional publishing in particular comes in where it's like whoa I won the lottery (laughs) I'm at the top of the bestseller list But, you know, like those people who don't do the study, then they'll be at that top of the list for a certain amount of time. And then they if they haven't put the work in, then they're probably going to fall off it. I guess there's that about it. The ones who actually do put the work in, even after getting up there, are the ones who will stay up there for longer, is my thinking on it. And that's why, like, I try, like you were talking about, like, uh, you have to be noticed by the right people at the right time and get your Mm -hmm. stuff out there. That's why I'm trying so hard to like get people to review my books and stuff. I'm sending out free review copies. I'm trying to get on podcasts as much as possible. I'm trying to connect with certain people. Like it's just, it's, it's a constant ton of work. It's just like, it never ends. So like, you don't, you don't put in the work, you're probably not going to get very far. I agree. I think the people who put in the work eventually are the ones that when their chance comes, they're there to take it. You just have to, you know, if you put all that background effort in, you just got to hope that at some point you'll get your chance and then you'll be ready when that chance comes. So I think it's all about scalable content as well. Like, you know, doing these podcasts, even if you don't get many people bouncing off like this podcast to your books or anything, and this is to other listeners who might be listening as well. And, you know, you're thinking, well, we still are quite a small podcast, but you know, hopefully as time goes, like, you know, that content is always there and is Mm -hmm. always like when people find it, then they they go back to it. And 
you know, like the more books you have written like in your like backlog the more chance you have of people looking at one book and being like okay I like this let's look at another one right so as long as you're creating content it kind of becomes scalable and just builds I have another five years worth of series to that I plan to release so like I, I, I wow. my plan is to do three books a year and I have like five series left like on that plans <laughs> I've got that's a lot exciting are they all already written no they're just in the planning stages with most yeah. of them but yeah they're going to be verse novels and stuff again so i'm trying to make that my yeah. niche well fair enough if it's something you're good at and something that comes naturally to you i don't see why you shouldn't exploit mm. that to be honest right yeah exactly it's just kind of frustrating because like again i feel like people are very reluctant and scared to take a chance on verse novels especially my verse mm-hmm. novels And it's like, I have people around me telling me, just write a regular book, just write a regular book. It's like, but I don't want (laughs) to. Why, you know, it has to be fun for you as well, or you're not going to, if if it's not fun for you, like, how are you going to translate that into your work, right? Like, it's just going to seem kind of flat. And so I think you do what you're passionate about, and then that's going to shine through more. And speaking of your verse novels and your, your books, where can people find your books? Um, so my books are mainly sold on Amazon. So if you just go to amazon.com, click on the books or ebook section, and you type in Patrick D. Kaiser, uh, you should easily find them. I'm pretty much the only one that does first thrillers. <laughs> so like it'll say like, says such and such book, a verse thriller. Yeah. So like that's a subtitle of my books. And then I also have a website, although it's still in the process of being perfected but the pc version is good the mobile version is kind of (laughs) don't do that the mobile versions are challenging sometimes yeah it's authorpdkaiser.com and yeah and then i also have an instagram and a facebook under the same handle or similar handle under this under the same handle yeah authorpdkaiser cool Awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we haven't covered already? Um, not necessarily talk about. I mean, I guess I would just leave the audience with something. Go for it. And that is, if you uh, have an idea or a passion, don't let anybody tell you you can't do it or it can't be done and just kind of go for it. And don't let your personal um, struggles, for example, my autism, or if you have depression or anything like that, don't let that stuff hold you back and always strive to prove the naysayers wrong. That's the most gratifying feeling you could ever get. So I like those words. It's very inspiring. Yeah, it is inspiring. I like, I like the thought of not letting people tell you that you can't do it. I think that's very applicable to a lot of writers. And I think a lot of people will um, gel with that really well. I think that gives a lot of people hope for sure. So we both have really enjoyed having you on the show, Patrick. And so thank you so much for being here. Yeah, it's been a great conversation. I've learned a lot from this conversation. I have too, (laughs) definitely. I didn't, as I said before, I've read one or most of one verse novel. And this has given me a bit more like excitement to try out another one because it's nice to know that there are other verse novels out there that aren't, you know, I struggle to interpret poetry sometimes. So ones that are a lot more digestible by the sounds of it. Yeah, but so thank you again. And Ashley, so what are we doing next time on Dear Writer? (laughs) Next time on Dear Writer, it's another one of our 
talking shop episodes where we talk about the books that we're reading both for fun and to help us on our writing journey. And if you'd like to know any more about us or about our writing projects, you can visit us at lindersoncreations.com or contact us on our Facebook or Instagram page, which is also under Linderson Creations. And speaking of contacting us, if you would like to be on an author spotlight episode, then head over to the webpage lindersoncreations.com and go to the podcast drop down menu and you'll find a link to be featured on Dear Writer. And if you enjoy this show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about us, subscribe. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Happy writing, everyone. Mm-hmm.